episode of Music Raygun. I'm Paul Champanelli. I am Kirk Pinchon. Hey, Kirk. Hey, Paul. How's it going, man? It's going good. Just had a lovely dinner, and I'm seeing you. It's wonderful. Yeah, that is wonderful. Dinner and Paul? I mean, you can't beat it. <laughs> yeah, you can. Dinner with <laughs> Goddamn Skippy. <laughs> Del, yeah. Uh, what do you want to talk about tonight, man? Two things mm-hmm. before our, our big stuff. One, as of this recording, as I'm sure you know, uh, uh, Jim Weatherly, the writer of Midnight Train to Georgia, passed away. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't? No. Did that happen today? No, it happened late last week. Oh, okay. Yes. No, I didn't, uh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, Jim Weatherly, uh, the writer of Midnight Train to Georgia, passed away. But the reason why I bring it up is because there's this fascinating story that I had no idea about the creation of this song. Oh, tell us. Okay. Do you know who inspired Midnight Train to Georgia? I feel like I have heard something about the background of this song before, but I can't remember what the details are. So the they, answer is no. The answer is no. But I, can't, but I can't tell if what you're going to tell me is going to surprise me or jog a memory. Well, I'll just say it then. Uh, Farrah Fawcett. Oh, I, that doesn't really jog a memory. No. This is fascinating. So Jim Weatherly was uh, close friends with Lee Majors, the $6 million man. Oh, that's right. Wasn't he supposed to get on a plane or something? Yes, and that's exactly yeah, what it was. I have heard this story, yeah. So Jim Weatherly randomly just calls up Lee's place just to say hi, no big deal. And Farrah uh, answers and is like, oh, yeah, uh, Lee's packing right now. He's on a midnight plane midnight to tr- Houston. Midnight plane to Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Haven't we even talked about this on the show? No, I don't think so, no. Okay. Because I when I heard that, I was like, that's crazy. And apparently Jim Weatherly's like, that's a song. Yeah. <laughs> Midnight Plane to Houston. So he wrote Midnight Plane to Houston. Yeah. Oh, Give, he wrote it. He as wrote it as that. Houston. Gives it to Sissy Houston, uh, Whitney's mom. And she hears it. She's like, yeah, I really like this song. But uh, number one, none of my family is in Houston. They're all in Georgia. Right. And secondly, my people don't take planes. They take trains. Okay. And so then he goes, oh. Okay, well, now I'm going to call it Midnight Train to Georgia. Midnight Train to Georgia. I mean, there's something more romantic about trains than planes anyway. So. Yes. Also sadder because of the song. You're like, the guy can only afford a train from L.A. to Georgia, right. not a plane. Yeah. So it's even sadder. But I was, like, fascinated when I heard that. I was like, oh, my God, this could have been Midnight Plane to Houston Midnight by plane. Sissy Houston. Yeah. And instead it became the iconic Midnight Train to Georgia. Sure. Also... I didn't know Whitney Houston's mom, Sissy, was a singer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She yeah. had like some, some not major, major hits, but some pretty big hits. And uh, yeah, by the time he changed at Midnight Plane to Georgia, I guess she wasn't particularly available around to do it. So then Gladys Knight and the Pips took it and, and made it their sure own. Sure they did. Sure fucking, they did. Fucking great song. Yep. So, uh, yeah. I got to go. I got to go. Such a sad song. R.I.P. Jim Weatherly. Yes. Uh, the second thing is I did my little homework and right. I, uh, some, some Wet Hot American songs mm-hmm. if Wet Hot American Summer was 1999. Right. Very difficult because 1999 sucks. I told you. Right? You were correct, <laughs> sir. It's like as soon as I saw that 
uh, Super Grass's Pumping on Your Stereo came out that year. I'm like, okay, I'm done looking because that I think is is the one, and there are no other good songs. I would very true. I would push back a bit. First of all, once I played it, I was like, oh, I know this song. This is a really good song. Yeah, I, I figured that. Would yeah, be the case. that was a really good song, and I think it's the right. It's the, definitely the right tone. Mm-hmm. I think I my pushback would be that wasn't a big enough hit. Like Jane was a big hit. Yeah, I considered that might be the case, and yeah. maybe Jane because I wasn't around at the time, and just the fact that I didn't know it very well. Yeah, and and in my mind, Supergrass's "Pumping on Your Stereo" was a big hit because I loved yeah. Supergrass. Plus, yeah. I remember hearing it on the radio a yeah. little bit at the time, um, so it didn't actually chart as high as jane so that's just my own perspective skewing things a little bit i think so yes but i think the the tone is is spot on yeah and it's it's difficult because there weren't a lot of songs with that tone at the time yes right so i picked four awesome three i hate (laughs) okay one i want to be blink 182 Yes, that's my yes. number two. What's, what's my, my age, age again? again? Yeah. yeah. Which you're like, nah, they would probably play that. My number four doesn't fit the uh, the the tone or how that much that song rocks, but fits the vibe. It would be Steal My Sunshine by Lem. I considered that, but I feel like that's a different scene, right? There's oh, a different scene in the movie Interesting. Where I, yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Um, this is the cynical one. My number three, uh, would be Smooth by Carlos Santana. Oh, <laughs> right. The, the one song I never need to hear again for as long as I live. Yeah. Not even cause it's that bad, but it was just, I mean, it wasn't good, but it was so overplayed. Yeah. Yeah. As it soon was, as I, I just think of those opening notes, <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, get it away. Yeah. It's, but you know what? But it's not a bad choice. You're not wrong. Yeah. You're now, wrong. my number one, which I love, which I think fits the rock part of it, but that's it would be Gorilla Radio by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, but it doesn't fit the vibe. Strikes the right note. It's I mean, Rage Against the Machine is pretty aggressive. The tone doesn't fit it because it's like lights out, Gorilla Radio. Yeah, turn that shit. There's another up. scene. That's for the scene where they like destroy the uh, the office. The something. office. Yeah. 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 But those are my selections. Way difficult because again, very not, difficult. Yeah. 1999 is full of dog shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's really. Uh, I just, for a music fan, I was in high school for the wrong time, for the wrong years. You definitively were. Music music during my time in high school is iconic for all the wrong reasons. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Well said. Yeah. Real bad. Yeah. Real bad stuff. Uh, okay, you want to do a laser round? Fuck yeah, I want to do remember, a laser round. last episode? Uh, oh, we did the great. laser round. It's a new segment. I don't think I can maintain doing this every episode. It's not going to be a regular thing. But I did prepare another laser round. I mean, I'll, you I'll, seem to enjoy it. I loved it. I'll eventually prepare one for you. Okay. And we'll get one going for you just to, just to honor it. All right. So this is the laser round. The lightning round. But it's a ray gun. So it shoots lasers. Which is so better. It's a laser round, right? Yes. Ten questions. Mm-hmm. For simple questions. 
answer as, as quickly as you can. Okay. And we'll see how many you get right. I'm closing my eyes for this one. All right. Ready? Yeah. Here we go. Johnny Gill or Keith Sweat? Ooh, Johnny Gill. Yes. Uh, name the first compact disc you ever got. Prince Sign of the Times. Yes. Stiff Little Fingers or The Undertones? The Undertones? No. Stiff Little Fingers. <laughs> okay. Name a band or artist that your wife hates. Keith Sweat. Yes. <laughs> name's Keith Sweat. The Cure or The Smiths? The Cure. No. The Smiths. God damn it. Name a band that's really pushing their luck. Son of a bitch, son of a bitch. It's going to be Creed. No, I'm sorry. We were looking for Animal Collective. <laughs> Apo- Apollonia or Carmen Electra? Ooh, I'm going Carmen Electra. Yes. Name two musical Bobbies. Uh, Bobby, uh, uh, Bobby Fisher. No, wait, that's a, that's a, that's a chess guy. Chess player. Uh, Bobby, Bobby, uh, oh, fuck it. Bobby Brown and, uh, Bobby Brown. No, I'm sorry. We were looking for Bear and McFerrin. P-Base or J-Base? Say the last one. P-Base or J-Base? Oh, J-Base. Trick question. Mustang base. And finally, why do white people like Dave Matthews Band so much? Because... It's just groovy enough that it makes them think they know how to dance. Sorry, the answer is nobody knows. <laughs> That's nobody good too. knows. Okay, questions. Wait, I mean, <laughs> let me get my tally. That was a harder one. Okay, let me see. Uh, Johnny Geller, Keith Sweat, you got that. Name the first compact disc. That was right. Number three, you got wrong. Number four, you got right. Uh... uh I'm sorry, you only got four. Oh, I dropped from last time. Four out of ten. What? With J base, P base. Oh, P base is a precision, is a Fender precision base. Oh. And a J base is a Fender jazz base. I see. Or any other company's uh, electric base with that with that form factor, with that shape, and got it. The J base has the two single coil pickups. The P base has the. The doubles, it's a different shape, but those are like the common sort of bass styles. Mustangs, uh, the Mustangs, another Fender model. Okay. Yeah. And then the undertones and who? Stiff Little Fingers. Uh, those are both uh, uh, punk bands from Northern Ireland. <laughs> for a second? They kind of hated each other. Oh, that's even better. I thought yeah. for one brief second that they were both ska bands from the 90s. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. That I had no idea about. We've okay. had we. I've shown some stiff little fingers on the show before. I don't think we've okay. ever talked about the undertones. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like the undertones as as a name. That's why I, I like chose. stiff little fingers as a name. But it wasn't necessarily about the name. But if that's yeah, hey, I mean, look. Next time. Next. Oh, time. and finally, who is mm. the band that's pressing their luck? Animal Collective. I don't know who that is. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> They're pressing their luck anyway. You don't need to. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, I yeah. still love it. Uh, wow, I dropped my grade level drop. My mom's going to be so mad. <laughs> You're averaging a 50%. Oh, man. But it's not like, it's not like a test. I'm going to say that uh, – I'm not going to say that, you know, you need a 65 to pass. Yeah. Thank God. But, but yeah, I, but you did do worse this time than you did last time. I did. So I did do worse this time. Yeah. I'm going to make one up and then we'll eventually have you do it to see how well you did. We'll go back and forth. I love this. I love yeah. laser gun. 
okay, now it's time for our top five segment. While we are quarantined and cannot watch videos together, like I'm going to say, like we normally do, but it's not really like we normally <laughs> yeah. do anymore, right? It's been a year. It's like been a we year. Used to do like we used to do in the and before we will times. Once again, someday. Yes. Yes. But uh, while the pandemic goes on and we record this apart, uh, our main segment is every week we choose a, a topic, a musical topic, and then Kirk and I each decide our top five list for that topic. Yes. So we go through it. Uh, so what's our topic this time? Our topic Greg? was another one of those that we were going to do as a video uh, episode. We can easily return to this too yeah. for videos. Yeah. yeah. But we're, uh, we're headed up north to talk about our favorite Canadian groups. Canada. Yes. Yes. I've never been to Canada. Would love to go. I went overnight once in the early 2000s when I was in college. This was back when you didn't need a passport. Oh. And my friend just called me up in the morning. I might have told this story before. Maybe not. He called me up like early one morning on a week. It was like a Thursday or Friday or something like this. And mm -hmm. this girl that he was sort of seeing was up in Montreal with her friend just sort of visiting there. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to drive up. He's like, you want to come? And I was like, yeah, but I got to work. <laughs> I had to work in the housing office on campus. I was mm -hmm. like, I got to work today. And I'm like, I was going back and forth and just really waffling. And he's like... I said, no, I got to work. So I go I go to work that morning at like 8 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock or whatever it was. And, and my boss can tell that like something's wrong, like I'm bummed. Mm -hmm. So he asked me what's up and I, I tell him, you know, my friend wanted me to go to Canada, but I said I can't. He was like, what are you, an idiot? It's like, yeah, take the day off. He's like, go drive to Canada. He's like, you know, he had the attitude of like, you're 19. This wow. job isn't important. He's like, go to Canada with your friend, idiot. That's great. So like, okay. like I called Jeff from my office phone. I'm like, we're going. He's like, I was just about to leave. I was like, he's like, I'll come get you. That's great. So he comes and he picks me up. You know, uh, we drive up to Montreal. Six hour drive. Mm -hmm. And then we just, you know, because and also, uh, you know, at our age at the time, we couldn't drink legally in the U.S., but we could in Canada. So we're yeah. going to get up there. We're going to get really drunk. We're going to smoke a lot of pot. And we're just going to party with these girls. And uh, we did. I don't really remember it <laughs> very much. Um, and then the next day, like, we just slept in their hotel room. And then the next morning, we woke Drive up. Back. Uh, drive back. Such a that's, college thing. There's a very, yeah. That's the type of thing you must do yeah. and can only do when you're that age. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a nineteen-year-old's adventure, and only that. Oh yeah! Like nowadays, I'd be like, no, no, I'm not doing. No, it. That's ridiculous. Right. Don't be so. Imagine if, imagine now, if a friend called you up at seven o'clock in the morning and said, "Hey, want to go to Canada today?" <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, "Dude, what's yeah. wrong with you? Are you getting a divorce?" <laughs> I don't even want to go out to get the mail today. <laughs> yeah, are you kidding me? I want to drive to Pasadena. Yeah, <laughs> drive to fucking Canada. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, that's great, though. That's exactly. I also what you am do. Canadian by uh, descent. By no way. You, uh, do you have family in Canada? I mean, distant relatives. Yeah, okay, I suppose. Yeah, uh, but yeah, my mother is French Canadian. Ah. she wasn't born there, but yeah, still. Counts. I claim. So, I mean, it's not really an, eth an ethnicity. It's like saying yeah. I'm, I'm American. But <laughs> you know. I claim American. Right, right, right. But still, yeah. Uh, like yeah. I've said before, I have the same background as Madonna and Lady Back, uh, Lady Gaga. 
Oh yeah, and he did. Italian father, French Canadian mother. That's really that's rarefied air right there. Yeah, it is. It really is. Did you have uh did you struggle with your list for this? No, not really. No, I did not. I, there are, there are a lot of Canadian artists that I like. And I didn't even have to do a thing where I was like, "Oh, they're Canadian? I didn't know that and I love them." Like I knew that these artists, I knew all of them were Canadian and I was able to come up with this list. In fact, my only difficulty was narrowing it down to 5 and then oh, okay. placing the order, but I didn't have trouble coming up with Canadian artists that I liked. Did you? Uh, no, but I did realize that I like a lot of Canadian artists less than I thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of bad Canadian. Like, I mean, I think in more recent years, Canada um, is churning out a lot of great artists. Yeah. And I'm not even counting Drake, but he's you know probably the most successful Canadian yeah. artist ever in the U.S. Oh, I would, I would say so. It's funny because growing up, when you realized, like, I'm, I'm going to guess he's not on your list. If he is, I apologize. Like, when you were a kid in my age and you found out that Brian Adams was Canadian. <laughs> and you're like, what? He's from Canada? That's crazy. I kind of feel like I've always known that about Brian Adams. but When he broke big in the 80s, because you, you, yeah. you just assumed every, you assumed every rock artist was either from England or from America because <laughs> you're stupid. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're like, wait, Canada has 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 groups, right? <laughs> That's crazy. So Did you dumb. find out because of the Northern Lights on the flip side <laughs> of uh, you know We Are the World? No, that's right, Northern Lights. No, it was just one of those things where, like, when he broke bid, they're like, and he's from Canada. Yeah, like it was crazy that he was. Did you uh, have? I have two honorable mentions. Do you have any? I don't really have honorable mentions. So much as I have artists who are major Canadian artists who I know aren't going to be in the episode because neither of us are picking them. Oh. Chief among them being Neil Young. Oh, yeah. No way. I know. I mean, I like Neil Young just fine, but he's yeah. not one of my top five favorite. I know you hate Neil Young. Yes, I He'd do. He'd probably be a lot of people's number one. Yes. Yes. Um, Joni Mitchell, I guess, might be my honorable mention. She didn't mm-hmm. quite make it into my top five. I doubt that she's on your list. No. No. Not enough. Rush is not going to be on the show. <laughs> we will not be present. And I'm going to roll the dice and say we're not going to be talking about April wine. In this <laughs> <laughs> no. In this no, we're not. Yeah. No, we're not. My honorable mentions, I put them in only because each of them had two big hits in the 80s and I liked them. And then that was it. Uh, Corey Hart. Corey Hart. Honorable mention. Also, also a member of Northern Lights. Oh, that's right. That's right. He yeah. did uh, Sunglasses at Night and Never Surrender. Yes, two great songs. And oh, Never the, Surrender, I don't know. I Never Surrender is great. Yeah, he had he was a two hit, de- definitive two hit because Never Surrender was a big hit. He might be a, like a two and a half hit, actually. And then uh, the other one is because they just like, make me laugh, uh, Glass Tiger. I've never heard of Glass Tiger. Glass Tiger was a hot minute in the 80s. They had Two, they were really big in Canada. They had two big hits in uh, America in the mid late eighties. One, their rocker, "Don't Forget Me When I'm Gone." Mm-hmm. Don't forget me when I'm gone. My heart will break. Brian Adams sang backup on it, and that was a big deal. And he's then, like the Michael McDonald to it, their yes, everyone. <laughs> it was <laughs> just like, look, we just need to get some star power on here. Call yep, Brian, that's and get him on the track. Exactly what it was. <laughs> and then they had like a mid-tempo ballad called "Cry Over Me." 
Yeah. Uh, I'll send them to you, and you'll be like, "Oh, these guys. This is uh, <laughs> this is like generic '80s pop." Yeah, but they were big for the hot minute for those two songs. So that was those are my honorable mentions, just because they both had '80s hits. Okay, I, I I will preview my list to say it's sort of all over the place in terms of genre. I think there's one chance of overlap here. Ooh, okay, maybe there is. Mine's a little bit. All, it's not as as defined as normally mine are. And my number one, I know you're going to be like, I don't know who that is at all. <laughs> but he was always going to be my number one. Okay. Do you want to yeah. kick it off? I'll kick it off because it's uh, it's trending. My number five is The Weeknd. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's yeah, Canadian. He's Canadian. Yeah. And uh, when he came out, I was like, oh, well, this guy's great. The, I can't feel my face. And then uh, – the stuff with uh, Daft Punk. I was like, this guy's great. And then he came out with this album like late last year and the Super Bowl stuff. And I was like, I don't like that stuff as much. Oh, you know, uh, I, I locked into uh, the newer stuff a lot more. I think I know it's shallow, but I think his dumb hair that he had for a while, like held me back. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, who's this stupid looking idiot? Who's this guy? <laughs> People and, love and his, that And his album. name, The Weeknd, where it's, where there's no e, where there's no e and N. yeah. So so it's I was like uh, dumb reasons to not like somebody, but yes, it, it made me not give him a chance for a while. But he is good. He is good. I really like those the first stuff that he came out. To, honestly, because it sounded like Michael Jackson stuff. Yeah, you know. In fact, when I played it, like Lily was like, "Is that Michael Jackson?" Early on, and I was like, "No, that's the weekend." And his newer stuff, I appreciate because it's got an '80s vibe. It just isn't as R&B as it was before. And so I go, I miss the R&B stuff. Sure. Okay. I mean, that sounds like you. Yeah. So that's, that's why he's number five. Otherwise he'd probably be a little, he'd probably be a little later. uh, It's still a throwback, but it's throwing back to stuff that you didn't like quite as much as As he used to throw back to. Yes. So I was more excited when he threw back to this. I was like, Oh shit, that's good. And if you ever see uncut gems, he's in it and he's great. I, I haven't seen that movie yet, but I know that he's in it. And playing himself, too. Playing himself and, like, really good. Really, yeah. You're just like, wow, that's really good, man. He's got a couple of good scenes. You're just like, way to go. Yeah. Way to go. His, and his real name is Abel something. Yes, right? Abel something. I can't remember the rest of it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's my number five. Yeah, a lot of good pop stars coming out of Canada. Um, yeah. Drake, Weekend, Justin Bieber. The, that's right, Justin Bieber. He wasn't he's on the list. I didn't think he'd be on your list. No. He's not on mine either. Drake wasn't going to be on my list either. I more appreciate Drake than like his music. Like, yeah. I I see Drake as like this guy. I was like, wow, you are such a big fucking star. Yeah, like, with Drake, I really cherry pick. Like, there are certain songs of his that I think are great. Like, when Hotline Bling came out, you know, five or six years ago, I was like, oh, fully on board for this one. <laughs> yeah. Like, Every time there's a new Drake single dropping, I'm like, well, I'll have to hear it and then I'll decide about this particular song. But I'm not on, like automatically on yes. board for whatever Drake does. That's 100% correct too. Yeah. Like I loved Starter from the Bottom Now We're Here. That's probably that my favorite. That was good, yeah. I really like that. And then others I'm like, nah, not so much. But you said it right. Like it's going to be a case-by-case basis with him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, great. Oh, great. Um, my number five is a band I you probably haven't heard of. They're – relatively new like past five years like indie pop dream pop really like white indie <laughs> indie music i love the i love the term dream pop though i love that 
Yeah. Uh, with sort of a terrible name, but I love them. They're called Always. But the W in Always is two Vs. <laughs> but, so it, but it is pronounced Always. So they're never going all Vs? Right. It's just an affectation. Okay. All they right. use two Vs to make the W in their name. Uh, which is dumb. Yeah. And almost made me, the same way as The weekend made me go like, I'm not going to listen to these guys. <laughs> yeah, screw them. Yeah, but they had this like, I can't say hit single, but like in, hit single for an indie sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. didn't get radio play or anything. It was called uh, Marry Me Archie. Or it might be Archie Marry Me. But uh, that came out in, I think, 2015 or 2016. Oh, okay. Or tw- maybe even 2014. Anyway. Uh, I heard that and I really loved it. And uh, they've put out two studio albums so far, and I they're wall to wall great. I love them. Uh, I don't. I mean, there's there's no interesting story uh, mm. to them or my encountering them, so much as they're just a a great new band in the past five years, and they're from Canada, and uh, they sound great. Their lead singer is Molly Rankin, who's like you know she's the chief singer and songwriter mm-hmm. and plays guitar and it's sort of her band you oh, know, okay not to be reductive but she's like she's the main creative force behind the band oh, okay it's a good band i normally i would be like shut up with your stupid name vg yeah. <laughs> but you mentioned dream pop and i go maybe that fits without hearing them. I go, Oh, the two v's and the dream pop vibe kind of fits to me yes it does fit it does yeah. fit. It's and it doesn't even bother me anymore. But it's just the thing where like I first saw it, I was like, what's the name of this band? Always? Yeah. And and then I read, like, no, it's pronounced always. And I'm like, come on. Stop. Why it. you gotta do that? <laughs> but whatever, I got past it very easily because they're gay. You're, and, you're, you know, they're that indie vibe where they're all just sort of like shy, quiet kids <laughs> who were probably nerds in high school yeah. and you know. Yeah, uh, they've got a keyboard player who's got like big glasses and sort of looks like a skinny Velma from Scooby Doo. Like it's you know it's that it's an indie band. It's an indie band. This is very, very much an indie band. It feels like it's very much in your vein too. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like you know punk, and then I like that really dreamy girly indie stuff. Yes, those are my two main speeds. <laughs> and that's that's what, right. That's what always is, and they're from Toronto, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah. My number four, you're going to think I'm doing a joke, mm-hmm. but I'm not doing a joke. Um, I think he is very good. I think he is needed, and I'll explain why. My number four is Michael Buble. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm, yeah. I don't, I'm not down on uh, – I don't hate Michael Buble. I love Michael Buble. Yeah. Specifically because I'm like, you need him for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He fills that role very well. Yeah, I I need Michael Bublé for Christmas. I know some of his other songs, and I'm like, oh, those are good. I don't really play them much, but at Christmas, I'm paying. I'm playing Michael Bublé. I need to play yeah. Michael Bublé at Christmas. It's real. He's he's. It's mom music. Yeah, but you know, at least mom's not listening to Michael Bolton or Celine yeah. Dion, or she's also, I doubt, going to be on no either of our lists. But Michael Bublé is like, yeah, I'm never going to buy any of his records. Yes. And I'm never going to actively play them myself. 
But if in my, I don't think my mom listens, but maybe she does. But like, if someone else is listening to it or comes on at Starbucks or whatever, I'll be like, yeah, oh, okay, Michael Bublé, he's great. Yeah, you're like, oh, that's if I saw good. him on the street, I'd be like, oh, it's Michael Bublé, he's, he's great. Like, Did you great? That's the thing too is I like a guy like that. He knows exactly who he is. Yeah, he knows his music. He knows his audience. He's he's got a he's very funny, and you're like, yeah. okay, you you get who you are. Yes. Good on you. You're not trying to be anything else. And you're also not being shitty like, well, this isn't really me. You're like, no, this is me. Yeah. And I love that. It's, That's just very uh, Canadian. Yeah. The, the, the like harmless fun of Christmas music in general is just his vibe. Yes. Yes. Uh, but it's great. You're, you put it exactly right when you front loaded by saying like, we need him. Like yes. he fits a very specific role yep. and, and there's a place for that. And that's what he is. Every year at a certain time of year, you need him. And then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, we sound like we're being reductive. But Not at no, all. He's, yeah. Michael, you got to have, you got to have those singers, those, your Harry Connick juniors. And your, yeah. Hey, I'll do a don't Michael at me Bublé. right now. Michael Buble is better than Harry Connick Jr. Don't at me. Uh, I, you know. I'm not going to say that's like a super hot take, but I just don't agree. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Singing wise, I mean, I mean, Harry Connick Jr. can actually play jazz and piano and stuff. So. Yeah, that's right. That's sort of what I'm thinking. I think yeah. all around, Harry Connick Jr. is a much more talented, yes, definitely. Uh, you know, artist than Michael Bublé. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have nothing bad to say about Michael. Bublé. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, boobs. And I've never before. heard a Michael Bublé song and been like, "Turn this shit up." Like, yeah. yeah. You're just like, "Oh, okay. That's nice." Yeah. 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 It's nice. Michael Bublé <laughs> is nice. And we need is, that. Is exactly it. We fucking need nice these days, man. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. We need Very it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, my number four band had a big hit in the late '80s, early '90s. That I heard for years and years and years and on the radio and loved every like loved to where like anytime it would come on, I'd have to, you know, stop what I was doing and sort of vibe out to mm-hmm. the song. And it was a the cover of the Velvet Underground Sweet Jane by the Cowboy, Cowboy Junkies. Junkies. Oh! And I always loved that record, but it was years before I ever sought out any more Cowboy Junkies. Mm-hmm. And discovered that, like, oh, all their songs are like that. Like, they're all really sort of low-key, and Margot Timmons' voice is, like, the most sort of, like, sad and relaxing thing you've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And uh, their other music is a little more country than you might expect if all you know is Sweet Jane. Yeah. But it it is that very, um, almost hypnotically uh, low... Mm-hmm. Lo-fi, low-key sort of vibe, and I really got into the Cowboy Junkies for a while. I love that stuff. I Canadian country, like alt country. Yeah, I love their version of Sweet Jane. I think I like it more than the original in some ways. Oh, I do too, and yeah. I think even Lou Reed said he did. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's really good, and you heard it all the time. Yeah, and like even even through the '90s, just any alt, you know, alt rock station would would play it regularly, yes. and it was yes. just sort of one of those, you know, um, enduring sort of hits. Yeah. Any sort of like early '90s indie alt movie had Cowboy Junkie Sweet Jane on it. 
Yeah, in fact, I, I remember, like, I was surprised when I found out way later that it's from a, a, an album that came out in, like, 1988 or something. Yeah. Like I always thought of it as a 90s song. Me too. It's got a 90s vibe. Yeah, it was a little ahead of its time. Definitely. But they play, you know, it got played on the radio through the 90s. And so, um, yeah, for years and years and years, I heard and loved that song. And then finally, like, not even in college, like, I think I was fully living in L.A. before I went digging for more Cowboy Junkies stuff. So it's only oh. within the past, you know, several years that I got into Cowboy Junkies. But. Great name for a band, too. Yeah. Just yeah. a great, great name for a band. For any type of music. Any, like, really works. Yeah, definitely. they easily could have been, like, like a metal band yeah. with that yeah. name. You know? Exactly. So like, yeah. Exactly. But good on them. Oh, that's a good Pantera pick. might have almost called themselves Cowboy Junkies <laughs> yes. from Texas, but, yeah. But that's a good, that's a good solid Canadian pick. Yeah. That's a good Paul pick. Yeah. Really good. Cowboy Junkies. My number three, I think you're also going to like. Uh, I like them for a very like her for a very specific reason. It's Carly Rae Jepsen. I only know the one song, and the, I I love it with all my heart. The, call me maybe. Call me maybe. Call yeah. me maybe. Great for, song. I think Call Me Maybe is this might be a hot take, but don't at me. The best pop song of the 2010s. <laughs> that is a strong don't at me. What's better? Ooh, I'd have to dig deep. That's a great. I mean, I love that song. That was the song of the summer in 2012. It was the song of the year in 2012, and I'm going to say it was the song of the decade for the 2010s. Yeah, I loved "Call Me Baby." The reason why I put her on is because she had that hit, and I was like, "Oh, that's a good song," mm-hmm. uh, and then forgot about her. And then I think 2015 rolled around, and she came out with this album. I think it's called "Emotions" or "Emotional" or something like that. Yeah, and it's a full on the entire album is an 80s album yeah like it's got boy problems uh it's got all these great great you're like you would hear it and you go oh this is really good 80s pop and you'd have no idea that it was carly ray jepson the whole i played the fuck out of that album for the whole year it came out yeah i uh i never listened to it at all but i remember when it came out because like you were describing it was sort of that thing like she had this massive hit and then she sort of didn't have any other hits right away. And it kind of seemed like, well, I guess she's going to be a one-hit wonder. Yes. And then so she had that dip. But then after a few years, she came back and people people were like, oh, the new Carly Rae Jepsen album is amazing. And I think I maybe even remember you at work yes. talking about it. I wouldn't shut up about it because I was <laughs> like – because I was so amazed that she just nailed the 80s. Yeah, it's called Emotion. She yeah. had the song Run Away With Me, Emotion, Boy Problems. It's all – it's all really good 80s pop. And I was just blown away because I was like, you, she could easily have just been the, oh, yeah, that she's the, she's the, uh, the call me maybe girl. She had that one big moment good for her. Right. And she had this killer, killer 80s album three years later. And I was like, good on you. And I get the sense that like she hasn't disappeared. Like she's had more albums every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I hear some more buzz about a new Carly. Like she didn't go away again. She's not a huge star. But she's around, yes. making pop music, I, and people love her. I think she right. had an album maybe 2019 Yeah, that I think I listened to a bit. It was pretty good. It didn't hit it for me as most just Emotions, just because that Emotions was a definitive theme album of the 80s. It's going to be this sound of look and vibe. So yeah. that's why I liked it more. But uh, 
Good for her for embracing the 80s. So that's why she's my number three. I think it probably helped her that she... I remember that she was a little bit older when Call Me Maybe came out mm-hmm. and she hit. Like, she wasn't, like, a teen pop star. She was already, like, in her late 20s. Yes. When it hit. Um, which may be... Like, I wonder if she would have been a bigger star right away if she'd been younger and more easily taken advantage of but then like flamed out harder you know what i mean I like i wonder you, what yes. sort of kind of business decision she was making for herself that maybe kept her from superstardom but in the long term helped her stay a star yes like i would bet that if she was younger and call me maybe came out they were yeah. like okay we gotta get call me maybe too we're going to do a rap version of it. It's going to be great. We'll put it out <laughs> on your next album. And instead, you know, she was old enough to be like, let me do something different. And it was, it was a, a you're right. It, it probably added to her longevity. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, my number three is a band, you know, this is where I think we might have overlap. Okay. Uh, if we don't, I'm guessing you either forgot about them or don't know they're Canadian. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I would think they'd be on your list. Uh, it's a duo. This is Dave One and P Thug. Better known. You don't know who I'm talking about? I don't know who you're talking about. We're talking about Chromeo. I Chromeo. did not know they were Canadian. You didn't? Fuck! They're super Canadian. Holy shit, they would have been my number two. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow, you even you researched this and you didn't come across the fact that Chromeo's Canadian? I think I just skipped over it because there's no – I must have just glossed over it because there's no way. If they're Canadian, they're my number two. Ooh, Ooh that, Canadian. That's a Montreal. glaring, glaring, yeah. glaring error on my part. Yes, Chromeo is Canadian. And we've, we've talked about Chromeo extensively on this yes. show. Yes. The uh, synth pop duo from Canada. So good. Chromeo. I – uh, first sort of fell in love with Chromeo way back in 2007 when they put out their Fancy Footwork album because I I don't think I ever would have heard of them, but my friends loved them. And so I like have strong memories of hearing a lot of uh, Tenderoni. Oh, yeah. And Bonafide Lovin' yeah. parties. I know all these now, yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. I love still, Tenderoni. I mean, Fancy Footwork is still my favorite uh, Chromeo album. That's great. Um, yeah. I only I only knew of them because of Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Your hands thing. Yeah, Yeah. nice and clean. That's the only reason because we would watch Yo Gabba Gabba when the kids were real young. We all loved it, and they were on. I was like, "Who the fuck is this Chromeo?" And then I just right up my alley. Right up my alley. Shame, shame, shame on me for not knowing they're Canadian. That's terrible. Well, you know. There are probably lots of other bands and artists who you like who you don't realize are Canadian who might have made your list, but that's okay. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, love Chromeo. Chromeo is great. Oh, oh. I thought... There's going to be more Montreal. You know, I don't know... I should know where Cowboy Junkies are from. I'm not sure what province or city. Chromeo's from Montreal. Mm -hmm. There's going to be more Montreal representation later, but uh, that's where I've been. That's where my people are from. Oh, okay. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. I thought that we were going to match on my number two. Okay. Which I was like, oh, that'll be just just for the sake of comedy. I thought it would have been really funny if we matched. But I thought we were. 
my number two is the first group I ever realized was Canadian, and that's Loverboy. I was about to say we might overlap after all. No, I didn't know. Oh. I don't even think I knew that Loverboy was Canadian. Yeah. And even if I did know, that wouldn't have been in my top five. But Loverboy sure. was that group that they were like, they were like, oh, we're eighties rockers, and they're Canadian. Yeah, that was like I their whole thing. Yeah, but I mean, they had fucking hit after hit after tasty fucking hit. Did they? I thought they were a one hit wonder. Turn Me Loose, Working for the Weekend. Working for the Weekend is the one I know. Uh, duet Almost Paradise for Footloose. That was a duet with Mike, the lead singer, and I can't remember who else. Well, um, I know I've heard it because I've seen Footloose, yeah. but I don't. Uh, loving Every Minute of It? Oh, I'm going to send you Loving Every Minute of It. Yeah. <laughs> they had like four or five big hits yeah. in that early 80s. Um and it was – and I loved it because it was on the radio and it's just good rock music. But when you – you know, in the early 80s when they're like, oh, they're Canadian, you're just like, oh, Canadians can rock? <laughs> Why is that so scandalous? Because oh, yeah, I was like 11 <laughs> yeah. when they came out. I was 11 years old. I was like, wait, yeah. Canadians rock? Yeah. <laughs> At the time, I had no knowledge. I don't think even think I knew of Rush. Rush. And if anything, the only thing I probably knew around that time was uh, – Bob and Doug McKenzie, because that was around that time. Right, right. And yeah. so I just knew that the Canadians were funny, but like I was like, oh, they can rock. Yeah. Uh, Loverboy, man. And a great Love. name for an 80s rock band, <laughs> Loverboy. Loverboy is your no- second favorite. Well, no, because now we know Chromeo would Chromeo be it. would be it. So that would make Loverboy. Loverboy would bump out uh, one of the honorable mentions. It would go, go all the way to honorable mention then. Yeah. Yeah. If if Chromeo is your number two, then I'm real curious to see what your number Ooh, two is. Ooh, yeah. You're going to be like, I have no idea what this is. But, but we'll, even uh, even we'll with knowing Chromeo, yeah, even knowing Chromeo now is Canadian, this number one would still be my number one. Yeah, I'm real curious. Okay. Uh, my number two is a real classic rock band, famously Canadian. Uh, talking about Burton Cummings, Randy Bachman. Talking about the Guess Who. <laughs> I love the Guess Who, dude. I mean, American Woman is a fucking jam. American Woman is... I love all their hits. I, what other hits do they have, though? I don't know any other song by them. What, what other hits do they have? They have, like, albums. They have hits. Albums. Share the Land. You don't remember that? She's Come Undone. You don't remember that? Oh, I hate She's Come Undone. That's the Guess Who. Oh yeah! Oh, I, I hate that song. I hate that. Tons song. of hits. I I bought their like greatest hits in high school. I listened to the shit out of that. That's funny. I love the Guess Who, but like the classic lineup, okay? Because the Guess Who is one of these bands where they're not even a band anymore. They're a brand. Oh, okay. Like, like the Temptations, like the current version of the Guess Who, and there have been dozens of people in the Guess Who is their original drummer. And like four other guys. <laughs> Just four dudes and such yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think the next longest serving member of the current band joined the band in like 1992 or something like that. Oh, right? okay. And the drummer just happens to tour as the guess who with whatever guy. So it's, it's like, just one of these bullshitty. He's like the Mike Love of the guess who. Yes. Like he somehow he copied, got the right. He, 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 he patented copyright the name. 
Yeah. Got it. And like Burton Cummings and Randy Bachman will put a band together and tour around and they have to perform as like Bachman and Cummings or something. Like yes. That. Even though they're the, they're, you know, he's the singer and Bachman is the guitar player and they're sort of the guys you think of when you think of the Guess Who. But they don't get to, to perform as the Guess Who because of like legal things. So, you know, I don't like the entire Guess Who career. Just like you don't like the temp, you don't have every Temptations album. You like, yes, you know, sixties and early seventies Temptations, yes. and then we can call it quits. Yeah, same thing with the Guess Who. Okay, yeah. I mean, American Woman is just rocks. It is awesome. Yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, they're great. That is a great song. Yeah, I have to bring because you brought this up. I just learned this uh, for work. And I'm bringing it up as an aside. Uh, how the Guess Who, there's like the drummer who's like, he trademarked Guess Who. And so he can go tour like that. I guess. I'm not sure what the actual legalities are. But basically, that's the same thing that happened to CNC Music Factory. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. Tell me more because I don't know the specifics of that. Basically, CNC Music Factory was uh, the producers, uh, Cliff Villas and Cole. Cole passed away real young, but Clavillis right. is the guy who founded it. He's the guy that put all the music together. But right. fucking Freedom Williams in 2000. Who's the singer and like the face. It, the C and C are they're like they're producers basically. They're they're the producers, writers, right. and did the music and did everything. Yes. Freedom is a the guy they just hired to do raps on it. Yes, right. Yeah, and then they and then Freedom like was like I want to be let go of my contract in like ninety two, uh-huh. and they're like yeah that's fine you're not really a part of the band anyway. And then in 2005, <laughs> Freedom Williams trademarked CNC Music Factory and now goes out on tour as CNC Music Factory. Oh, he did he do yes. that? Like, and Clovillis can't do it. He can't go out as CNC Music Factory. It's, yeah, it's that's some different. bullshit. Yeah. That's some bullshit. That made me think of that. I just learned that this week. Um, let's go through. I want to go through the Guess Who's big hit singles from early yes. in see which ones you know okay we um she's come undone hate it american woman love it sure these eyes these eyes that one that's good because it's super bad but yeah because yeah that's right that's yeah. right it shows that's up a good song bad. that's good that's good uh laughing do you know laughing no what about no time no time left for you oh i hate that song that, oh, do you that makes sense to me this one i wonder if you know what about no sugar tonight God damn it, that's the Guess Who? Yeah, that's and they always a good play that back to back with New Mother Nature. Those two always get I don't know New Mother Nature. No Sugar Tonight is a fucking jam. This one you probably don't like. Do you know Hand Me Down World? No. No? Okay. Those are those are probably the those are the big ones. Let me tell you, I did not know the Guess Who did these eyes. These eyes is fucking great. Yeah, I think I mean American Woman rocks. Yes, the other stuff is a little bit more poppy and not yes. as as hard. Not that American Woman is quite hard rock, but it's a little bit edgier than yeah most of their stuff. But Burton Cummings, for my money, is one of the best rock singers of all time. He's got a great voice. great voice. I mean, the, yeah. I mean, he can do the fact that he can do American Woman and these eyes, which are very different. That's right. Are great. Ah. Oh, I'm so happy I learned this about the guests who, because I totally did not know they did these eyes. Canadian legends. Ah, uh, that's a good pick for number two. Yeah. Oh, I can I can't imagine almost my you... number one because they're just so legendary and I've liked them for so. Did long. you I... struggle with your number one two? You're like, ah, oh, which one should I do? No, because I really love my. Number okay, one. my number one was always going to be my number one. Uh, I love this guy. He's basically got one album. 
And that's it. I think I've mentioned it before. When we eventually get back together, I'm sure I'll put them on a grab bag or something. Let's see if I can do some guessing. Can you tell me when the album came out? 2002. 2002? Oh, I'm nowhere. I figured it was going to be in the 80s. No, 2002. You want to give me any other hints? Um, God, he's white, uh-huh. but sings R&B. From 2002? He wore a hat all the time. <laughs> Jason Mraz? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what if I said yes? What if I said yes to that? Oh, oh God, that would be the end of the show. <laughs> yep, no. No, tell me, tell me. Remy okay, Shand. It's an artist named Remy Shand. Oh, I forgot that at the top of this episode, you you told me I wasn't going to know who he, who he is. Yeah. Indeed, I don't. Indeed, I don't. Remy Shan is this guy that came out in 2002 with this album called uh, That's the Way I Feel. And uh-huh. he had his big hit from it was a song called Send a Message. And I think he won a Grammy for it, too. This album was fucking amazing. It was like in the vein of Maxwell. It was really just that really good, groovy R&B. And he wrote, produced, and played all the instruments on the album. Yeah. And I played the fuck out of it. Even Anne was like, this album is fucking great. We played it nonstop. And then that was it. What happened? I don't know. I think he he stopped recording. He, He doesn't have any other albums. Like, if you look him up on Spotify, that's the only album that's on there, really. And I think so it's he, not like he even has other albums and they just didn't – they weren't successful? He just No. I think he was just like – I think it was one of the things he was like, this, this, this is too much or this stardom sucks. He's, I, he's still a producer. So I think he just stays in Canada and is a producer and music guy there. Yeah. Uh, and maybe just like plays out and, and records on his own and does real indie stuff. But it's, this was a, it was a major label album, this album. And, and it was a hit? Like he had Yeah, Send a Message was a hit. I'll send that to you. You might know it. I've heard it on the radio. Well, like we like we've covered, I'm I was just anything R and B was just so not on my radar at yeah. that time that it's all obscure to me. I've never even heard his name, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I just don't know that stuff. Uh and it was one of those things where I was like, Oh my god, I can't wait to see what he puts out next. And then I was like, well, there's, there's nothing else. You're still waiting. Still waiting. Almost, yeah. almost 20 years. Yeah. Uh, but Remy Shand, he's so good. It was crazy how good he was. And he looks like a, he looks like a hipster. So he's kind of like that skinny, goofy, doofy, hipster looking guy. <laughs> but goddamn, he could sing and play. The music was so groove oriented and yeah. so like in the vein of Maxwell that I was like, this is amazing. Wow, yeah, I'll have to check him yeah. out. Yeah, I'll send you your your favorite Canadian artist. My ever. favorite Canadian artist ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just that whole. It was one of those things where the whole album. I was like, this whole album. There's not one bad song. Yeah, it was all album oriented, but it was all just fucking great. Hmm. Huh. Uh, yeah, that's number one. Remy Shand. That's. I mean, I don't know if that's sad or not because we don't know the circumstances. You're saying I gotta right? like dig it, it again, but I, he's still around. And I know he still does music in yeah. Canada. If if you're correct when you say maybe he just didn't want to play the stardom game, mm-hmm. and it was his decision to say like I don't want to be out there like that. I'd rather just produce mm-hmm. and make music behind the scenes, and that was all his decision. Totally respectable. Yeah. Right. I hope it wasn't for any other reasons and that were disappointing to him that he didn't put out more music. 
Yeah, yeah. If I'm he chose not to, that's fine. Yeah. I'm mean, disappointing for you. But. For me, for me, the biggest yeah. the biggest Remy Shan fan ever. <laughs> <laughs> My wife being I'm sure two. there's an online community of like minded. I'm sure there is. I, I would love to know if Canadians are like, oh fuck yeah, Remy Shan. I fucks with Remy Shan. Yeah. <laughs> I always want to know what Canadians are thinking. <laughs> exactly. Always. Nobody knows. You yeah. can't read them, man. You can't read them Canadians. <laughs> Mysterious people. They exactly. Are. Exactly. Uh, okay. My number one Canadian artist. It's almost a cheat because he is an American Canadian. His father is American. His mother is Canadian. He was born in New York, but raised his parents divorced when he was three. And he was raised from the age of three until he was an adult in Montreal. Oh, that so counts. I, and he's a dual citizen. That so that counts. counts. Yeah, 100%. That counts. Yeah. As, like I say, you're from wherever you were when you went to high school. That's yep. how I understand things. Yep. Well, his father is also a famous musician named Loudon Wainwright, and his name is Rufus Wainwright. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I love Rufus Wainwright. I got into Rufus Wainwright in college. Uh, when his second album Poses came out in like 2001 and my friend Gus, uh, she just like was obsessed with him and I didn't really know who he was. And she was like, you have to listen to this guy's album. And I got fully on board. Gus is the same, uh, gr- uh friend of mine who we went to the Newport Folk Festival just to see Rufus. Oh, that's right. That's where it sounds familiar. Yeah. 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 Oh, you don't know Rufus? Oh, no, I know Rufus Wainwright. I'm sure. Okay. I'm not, I, I, it's one of those, I, I'm, I'm not a fan, but I I don't hate, I know there's like one or two songs that I know that I enjoy. I just can't recall which one. Yeah. Um, it's particularly the album, uh, Want One, which came out in 2003. And I played it a ton when it came out. And I, I'll go through a phase maybe once a year where I'll listen to that album for a week. And uh, wow. Yeah. I just, I play it all the time. I love it. Uh, he's one of the great singers and, and he's sort of this like kind of cabaret, like he, he does some like opera stuff and he does a like he did a whole thing of like a Judy Garland review. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah. And he, I mean, he's gay, and so a lot of the stuff he does is like sort of that gay gay culture stuff, mm-hmm. and is very like cabaret oriented. Oh, okay, but then he also just does like these great pop albums too. But he's a great singer and songwriter, and he's just like the most super talented dude. Um, dude is the wrong word to, use <laughs> to describe Rufus Wainwright. Super talented gentleman. Yes, there you go. I yeah. feel like if I'm not mistaken, he's got like a lot of albums, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's got yeah, like he he, he's like constantly recording or something. And yes, in all different genres. That's and, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, there's a, like a double album of opera and shit, and that he's saying, and not all of it is to my taste. Yeah, but he's just one of those guys who will do anything. I'm yeah. gonna ask Anne if she's a Rufus Wainwright fan. I'd almost bet she is. I think Katie on the sh- it might have been on the show or just something she shared with us off the show. Uh, showed us a video of him doing a song with Ben Folds live. Oh, that sounds familiar. So he'll let, he'll fuck yes. with Ben Folds and then he'll just go and do, you know, some of the music you feel like you need to wear a tuxedo to go see him. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's an expensive ticket. But uh, yeah, he's just the most amazingly talented guy. And, and he's 
easily my favorite Canadian artist. And probably in my top five, maybe even top three oh. singers of all time. Wow, that's yeah. strong words. Yeah. Wow. All Big right. Rufus Wainwright fan. Nice. Well, we did it. I'm sure we could find some Rufus Wainwright that you'd like. I think there's some that I know of that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. I mean, yeah. this whole – Cigarettes and chocolate milk. He does a cover of – he does one of the very – I mean, there are a million covers of uh, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Leonard Cohen also almost made my list. He's probably my honorable mention. Okay. Uh, it's maybe not as well-known and popular as um, the Jeff Buckley version, yeah. but it is very well-known and popular. I and do also, recall that. He has a popular cover of the Beatles across the universe. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, this is all coming together. This yeah. this whole episode has been an eye-opener for me with, with Rufus Wainwright and his covers, <laughs> with fucking learning that Chromio is Canadian and didn't know that. Yeah. And then learning that the guess who did these eyes. That's... We'll have to play another game called Who's Canadian? Right? <laughs> Where we just list artists and you have to say whether or not you think they're Canadian. Canadian or not. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the Chromeo one is, is shame on me, but uh, the guess... I just assumed you knew that they were Canadian to be their nope. famously Canadian. Fame, just, that's just an epic fail on me. that Because yeah, they, yeah. be they would be my number two. Yeah, I know you love them. Yeah. And rightly so. Good stuff. Yeah. We did it, man. All right, man. Killed we it. We named definitively the 10 greatest Canadian musicians. No debate. We solved the dilemma. You're welcome. Yes. But that's it for this mini episode. Bye. Bye. Not mini episode. Pandemisode. Pandemisode. Uh, hopefully one of the last ones. Let's just say Probably it. Done. Not. You're going to cure it. We'll see you next week at your place, Paul. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye.